Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast. The Sooners Extra Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's Saturday edition. Here, uh, joined today by Abby Bitterman, fellow uh, Oklahoman OU beat writer. Uh, and Abby, it's been an interesting week as we get back to uh, the, the grind of a, a college football season and, and get back to actually having a game to look forward to Saturday. It sure has. It feels like. A lot has happened, well, because a lot has happened since the last time the Sooners took the field. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, to find out what we'll see on the field this weekend. Yeah, it really will be, but uh, we'll, we're, we're going to get to Saturday's game between Oklahoma and Iowa State and talk about that quite a bit here in a little bit. But for this segment, wanted to talk about the college football playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday night. Oklahoma number nine uh, behind Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, uh, Penn State, Clemson, Georgia, Oregon, and Utah. Abby, to you, as you looked at this top 25, what was the most surprising thing about the rankings? I think that most surprising probably was just how high um, Kansas State ended up being in their rankings. And I think that, you know, if you're an OU fan – that's that's really positive how high they were up there. I think also, um, I know a, a good number of people were surprised by where Clemson ended up, but I think that that was actually the right call. I think that number, I think that the top five are are about right in my opinion. Yeah, I think you know when I look at what the college football committee did, uh, playoff committee did, and and what I do every week with the top twenty five, really. Uh, the, you know, in the, the top seven, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of difference. Um, I had Auburn a little bit higher than the committee did. Um, they had them at, uh, at 11. I've got them at eight. But really outside of that, I have LSU and Ohio State flip number one and number two. I can't uh, make much of an argument uh, against Ohio State being number one. I think LSU's wins, though, uh, hold up a little bit better, although LSU – that uh, went over Texas doesn't look nearly as good as it did early in the season. And I've also got Clemson for Penn State five, although, again, I'm not going to hold anybody, uh, you know, to, to, to high account over that. I think Penn State certainly is deserving of a, of a number four spot there as well. So was a, a little bit surprised to see both Oregon and Utah uh, ahead of Oklahoma uh, there, but that'll be uh, something at least – one of those teams will get eliminated from the, in all likelihood, from a college football playoff discussion here. Uh, here, you know, certainly by the end of the season. But I, I thought a very good ranking. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to be pretty happy with how everything played out. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, with Baylor and Oklahoma State ranked in the top twenty-five right now, that's two uh, top twenty-five opponents for OU to play. In, uh, in the coming weeks to kind of increase its strength of schedule argument because we've been talking about how in the past few podcasts how with the non-conference opponents OU scheduled this year not being as strong as they may have been in years past, um, having those uh, teams ahead in the schedule that are in the top 25 I think really helps OU out. And, you know, number nine – there's some work for them to do there, 
but I think I think it's I think it can be possible, especially with teams in front of them that are going to have to play each other. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think uh, you know certainly with the, the way the schedule plays out, if Clemson were to lose, you could you could see them dropping behind Oklahoma, Oregon, and Utah if they remain one loss teams are going to have to play each other so that that there can be some elimination there um obviously ohio state and penn state will will have to play each other so um i, I thought, alabama and, and lsu and play LSU, each other uh, yeah alabama and lsu play each other this this week although I, I, i'm not so sure that if that's a close game the loser of that is automatically well no matter what the loser of that game isn't automatically eliminated i think so. that if one team, and actually now that now that you t- bring up the Texas loss, I mean, the Texas win for LSU and how that's not as strong, I think that if in the Alabama-LSU game one team absolutely dominates the other, to me that's the end of the conversation. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think that uh, you know certainly if that other – if the team that won were to go on and lose and – uh, then you're parsing it up a little bit further. Yeah. Then probably the loser of that game gets eliminated. But at the same time, I don't think that uh, this is an elimination game at all on Saturday. You know, I, I think the cataclysmic event for the college football playoff would be, you know, what happens if LSU and Alabama play a great tight game. Uh, one of the teams comes up ahead. It doesn't matter which one. Say LSU squeaks by Alabama in that game. Alabama stays pretty f- highly ranked. They're uh, you know they're probably the highest ranked one loss team. And then what happens if Georgia wins out and barely beats LSU in the SEC championship game? Do you create a scenario? And it obviously depends on what happens in the Big Ten and the ACC and uh, well the Big Ten and the ACC, but. Could you create a scenario where you have three SEC teams in the college football playoff, and would that be the push to a four, an eight-team expanded playoff? Could you? I guess. Should you? I don't think so. I. I just. I feel like that. Why? Not? I know that you're. I know. Mm. It's it's tricky because I know that you're supposed to pick as the like the committee is supposed to pick the four best teams. But I think for a large part of the country you lose complete interest if the three te- if three of the four teams But supposedly the committee is about picking the best teams and if LSU, Alabama and Georgia are the three are three of the four best teams and you know, part of me thinks that maybe Georgia should be penalized just a bit more for their loss than they they are uh, to this point. What's but, South Carolina's record right now? Uh, not very good. Um, let's see. I can uh, find it here before too long, but I, I think losing to South Carolina at home, a South Carolina team that's currently four and five, three and four in the SEC. Um, you know, is is isn't a good look. Um, I think certainly there would be some you and cry over that. But if Georgia comes back and and wins the uh, the SEC championship, then I think 
there's at least a possibility given the way that the season has played out so far. And of course, we always talk about these crazy possibilities uh, in in early November every year when these rankings come out, and every year there's losses among the top teams that eliminate any of the crazy possibilities. And really, outside of the you know the TCU Baylor uh, Ohio State argument, the first year there hasn't been that just like groundbreaking uh you know mayhem to the, so far okay let's say that this sec scenario that you've described plays out but then over in the big 10 ohio state and penn state comes down to like a really close game and someone wins whoever wins but it's like it's like really close like one play decides it and then the team that won goes on to win the Big Ten, but the team that lost still may not completely be out of the conversation because of how tight the game was. Clemson wins out. Like, in that scenario, I think, you, I don't think you can sit back and say that um, three of the, like, the three best, three of the best teams head and shoulders above the rest all reside in the SEC. I mean, it'd be a fascinating argument. It, it would be something really interesting to play out, and I think that if it did play out and all of that stuff happened that we talked about in the SEC and what you say would happen in the, the Big Ten and Ohio State, say, uh, edge Penn State, and Penn State uh, missed out on the Big Ten championship game, um, it looks like whoever wins that Big Ten East division is going to be a, a really heavy favorite in the Big Ten title game against, uh, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, I guess, are really the only teams that really have a shot there. Um, it would be fascinating, and it, like I said, I think it might change the dynamic of this discussion about any potential expansion of the uh, playoff. But, like I said, every year we talk about these scenarios in early November, and every year they don't come to pass because – other crazy stuff happens in the regular season that prevents it. Yeah, we could sit here and come up with scenarios on um, how the rest of the season is going to play out all day, but something crazy is going to happen that neither you or I could have predicted. Exactly, but uh, we're going to take a break there on the Sooners Extra podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, alongside Abby Bitterman from the Oklahoman, and this is the Sooners Extra podcast presented by Zaxby's. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Abby Bitterman. And, Abby, let's talk about Saturday's game, Oklahoma and Iowa State. The first time that the Cyclones have been to Norman since 2017 when Iowa State pulled off a shocking upset, 38-31 in Norman. Um, you were covering OU at that time, right? I was. I actually, was, uh, I actually wrote about the um – the loss that OU took back in 2017 for today, Thursday's Oklahoman. You can also find it online at oklahoman.com. But, um, you know, all I really remembered was that OU lost. I couldn't remember any of the details of the game, so I went back and looked at – I had to go back and looked at what I, look at what I wrote about it because uh, I think I all I remember was people's shock. But – uh, something that I forgot happened in that game was that 
uh, Baker Mayfield and Trey Sermon fumbled a handoff, and Iowa State recovered and then went on to score and kind of took over the game from there sometime in the third quarter. So it wasn't it wasn't a case like this uh, like this uh, last OU loss where Kansas State kind of was like right there the entire time, but more so that Oklahoma looked like it was in control, looked like it was about to be further in control, and then really on the offensive side kind of fumbled the game away, I guess. So a little bit different than their most recent loss. Yeah, it was certainly different from what we saw against Kansas State. And, uh, yeah, Trey Sermon has not fumbled, uh, you know, very much at all during his career. And um, I actually wrote about this a couple weeks ago when I was writing about the the running attack and how they didn't use Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon much at all against Kansas State. Actually, Trey Sermon has only fumbled during his career one time uh, outside of that and it was Oklahoma recovered it. Um, so he's been very shorthanded, but certainly that uh, that was a big play in that game. But it seems like this game is set up for, for Oklahoma to have success. When you look at the way that they've been able to bounce back from regular season losses mm-hmm. over the last 20 years, the last time Oklahoma lost back-to-back regular season games was 1999, Bob Stoops' first season. It's actually more than 20 years because it was early October of 99 when they lost to Notre Dame and Texas. And uh, it just seems like this this team, for whatever reason, has been able to bounce back and play well after losses. They've, again, for whatever reason, been able to bounce back and play well after bye weeks. And I think Oklahoma wasn't going to overlook Iowa State anyway because of what Iowa State did the last time these two teams uh, met at OU in that 2017 uh, shocker. Yeah, and Iowa State is coming into this game with three losses, but they're all by a touchdown or less. I think their loss to Iowa, isn't that by like a point or something like that? I mean, they have some um, – They all their losses have been really close games, so it's not like – I don't, it's it'll be a bit of a a it won't be an easy rebound game for the Sooners. I think. No, I'm I'm not saying it'll be easy. Yeah. Oh I, no. I just think but the way that it plays out on the yeah. schedule, I think, is uh, beneficial to the Sooners. And and yeah, they lost to Iowa, eighteen to seventeen. They lost to Baylor, who's obviously uh, turned out to be a very good team, twenty three twenty one. And then they lost to Oklahoma State uh, two weeks ago, the same day that uh, Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. 34 to 27 so this is a dangerous Iowa State team I I don't think uh, there's any doubt about that I think Brock Purdy has played very well at quarterback uh, thrown for a a touch over 2,500 yards 15 touchdowns seven interceptions of course I think three of those uh, came late in that loss to to Oklahoma State so he'd been really accurate uh, before then but uh you know they've got some some pretty dangerous weapons on the offensive side. Brees Hall being number one among them, with uh, with his rushing numbers able to to make a, a difference in the the passing game as well. He's averaging uh, you know just a touch under six yards a carry. So this is a this is an Iowa State team 
who's got some offensive uh, firepower. Charlie Kolar from from Norman is uh, proved to be a, a big time weapon for them as well. So um, certainly not a team that Oklahoma can afford to take lightly. Yeah, and uh, you know, going back to that uh, Iowa State's win in Norman in 2017. Matt Campbell said on the coaches' teleconference this week that that win was kind of, you know, the start of, like, the proof um, for what he and his coaching staff were trying to do with Iowa State's program. And I think since then they've been, you know, still kind of middle in the Big 12, but definitely working their way up, not someone you can just – roll past every week and I think I think that that's really good for the Big 12 to have but I think that it should be a really interesting game um you know the the Sooners first game at seven uh or at Sooners first night game since non-conference play how do you think how do you think they'll be how do you think they'll handle being under the lights after such a long break? Oh, I think they'll be fired up for it. I think the fans will be fired up for it. They'll have plenty of time to, you know, get their uh, pre-gaming in uh, going into the day. So I, I think it'll be a, a sort of an electric atmosphere there at uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium as that game gets ready to get underway. Um, the, the first of at least two consecutive night games. We'll see yeah. what the schedule uh, lies for the last two regular season games here. We'll find out uh, hopefully Monday where the TCU game falls. Baylor next week is uh, 630, is that 6:30. right? 630 um, in Waco. In Waco. So uh, always an interesting place to uh, go down to. But, a- Abby, for you, looking at what happened against Kansas State, looking at what uh, – what was exposed a little bit for the Sooners on both sides of the ball. What I've seen, and Lincoln Riley talked about this early in the week, that he didn't feel like teams could completely use what Kansas State did against them. There were some things that were just unique to what the Wildcats do. But at the same time, people are going to try to imitate those things because they had success. What to use the most concerning thing for the Sooners going into Saturday's game? I think that on the... On the defensive side, I mean, I remember that there was talk after that game about, you know, the lack of trust on some of those on some of those plays. And so if things, you know, start to fall apart a little bit, I think is that is that lack of trust going to come back, you know, and how do you how do you cement that? I think would be my biggest concern is that, you know, if the defense starts to look good and then all of a sudden a drive happens where things fall apart, can they can they fix it or will it turn into what it was two weeks ago? Yeah, I, I think uh, to me, when you look at what this defense has done really well for most of the season, what they didn't do well uh, last or two weeks ago against Kansas State, it's linebacker play. Mm-hmm. That, and, and I'm going to write about this for Sunday or for Saturday's Oklahoma preview in the game. That uh, you know Kenneth Murray was sort of a non-factor in that Kansas State game. And when Oklahoma's defense has been really good this year, Kenneth Murray has been all over the field and been such a big part of what they were able to do. And sort of the same thing for uh, Delarian Turner Yell, although Turner Yell got hurt in that game, which is why he wasn't. Uh, a massive factor so I think 
that uh, they they need to get those linebackers going, especially Kenneth Murray, if they're able to, uh, you know, really funnel things to him and make him have him making plays all over the place. He he had four tackles, which was his fewest since uh, since the South Dakota game. Then I think they're going to be all right. But if they don't, if uh, if Kenneth Murray is sort of taken out of the game again, then it could things could get really dicey for the Sooners. Yeah, and I on on the offensive side, I think they need to establish the run more um, with players not named Jalen Hurts. And I think you know I'm kind of interested to see for all the for all the talk and fuss that kind of fans and and us reporters have made about it if if they'll come out of the gate trying to establish that run a bit better i know lincoln riley doesn't base his play calls off what we all think he should do but well i mean but he's got to under i mean i think he understands that they've got to do that yes this isn't just a uh, fan and media creation oh absolutely not that and i know we talked about this in the podcast earlier in the week and i know barry trammell sort of wrote it off as a fluke which I can see that on some level, but at the same time, when you're talking about the fewest tailback carries in any OU game, you know, at least in the last 20 years, and p- probably well before that, um, if not ever, that's a problem. Um, I did think it was interesting that Ramondre Stevenson was all the, all of a sudden a uh, or on the depth chart at uh, at running back. We'd seen uh, Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon as the you know either or one or two running backs with Stevenson listed as the number three guy. But uh, this week, and Lincoln Riley generally doesn't change his depth chart a whole lot during the season, but to see that I thought was uh, a little bit surprising. Yes, I don't. I didn't. I missed that, I guess. Okay. That's my bad. Yeah, no, it but, was just in the uh, the game notes on Monday. Uh, the depth chart, which, like I said, usually oh, was, isn't I wor- a whole lot worth li- walk, listening to or, or looking at just because – they don't change it very frequently unless there's season-ending injuries there. But uh, yeah, I stopped looking was, at the the Monday depth chart a long time ago because usually the updates didn't come until like Thursday or Friday. So I got PR'd. <laughs> but that's all right. But uh, anyway, we're gonna take a quick break there and uh, be back on the other side to answer a couple questions, talk about uh, our predictions for the weekend and uh, what we think is going to go on in the world of college football. Thank you so much for listening to the Sooners Extra podcast. Please go to uh, shoot us a review at either the Apple Store, the Google Podcasts app, or wherever you listen to the Sooners Extra podcast. We sure do appreciate it. And thanks for tuning in each week. This is the Sooners Extra podcast presented by Zaxby's. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Ryan Aber here with Abby Bitterman. And Abby, uh, a little bit light on the mailbag questions this week, but we'll answer a couple of them. Uh, I'll start off with a question to you, and that's uh, do you expect Grant Calcaterra or Delarian Turner Yell to play on Saturday? Hmm. You know, when we as the media asked for all the injury updates on Monday – I'm realizing now that nobody brought up Delarian Turner Yell. No, he wasn't brought up uh, specifically. I mean, Jordan Kelly was brought up. Caleb Kelly was brought up, but Grant uh, Calcaterra was. Grant, and Grant Calcaterra Lincoln, was brought so up. So Lincoln Riley said, 
uh, before the Iowa State, no, sorry, before the Kansas State game, that uh, they would hopefully have Grant back after the bye week, but then kind of kicked kicked an answer down the road again on Monday when he said that they're still that Grant is still wait and see. Um, so, Delaire and Turner yell. I would say maybe. Grant Calcaterra right now, I don't think so, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with that DeLarian Turner Yale does wind up playing, that uh, Grant Calcaterra doesn't. And uh, I think if he was closer, Lincoln would have said, Lincoln would have said something to indicate that he was closer to being ready to play than he did. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's hard to sort of trust what Lincoln Riley says about injuries. Uh, it, you know, at any point uh, this year, but I, I think I just get the sense that uh, Turner Yell is relatively close to returning, that he's could be okay um, to play. I could be wrong, and we could see a healthy dose of Justin Burrells back there. If so, sort of hang on tight, Sooners fans, because – it's been uh, a little bit dicey when anybody other than Turner Yell and Fields wasn't in the uh, the secondary this season. But uh, that'll be something really interesting to watch, and certainly we'll be keeping an eye on that during pregame warm-ups on Saturday to, to see who's out there. So I have the Big 12 conference on tweet notifications, and I have just been reminded by them that a month from today is the – Big 12 championship game. So, Ryan, my question to you, who do you think is playing in that game a month from today? Uh, you know, I think – let me see. First of all, I think Oklahoma is going to bounce back and make it. Uh, I think they're going to be there um, here, uh, here in a month. They're going to be in, in Arlington with a chance, yet another chance to uh, – uh, you know, win a, win a big 12 title. I think the interesting thing is who they're going to be playing because I think pretty much all of us thought that it would be Texas, uh, before the season. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I think it's either going to be Baylor, Kansas state or Iowa state. Although Iowa state uh, certainly would really need to win, uh, this Saturday to have a chance. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say, that they're going to wind up playing, um, play Baylor. They're going to, I think they're going to play Baylor twice. I, I think Oklahoma is going to beat Baylor uh, next week down in Waco, and then Baylor's going to bounce back uh, to make the Big Twelve title game, and that'll be a be an interesting matchup down there. What about you? I I agree with you on the Oklahoma front. I think it could it would definitely be a fun and interesting rematch if OU played Kansas State in that game. But I think you're right. I think it might end up being OU and Baylor, which, you know, um, in our post-game pod after the Kansas State game, uh, you and Jenny and I talked about how how good Baylor had gotten, you know, so quickly. And I think that it just – it continues – not – Surprising isn't the right word, but definitely, I don't know. I don't have a different word. So definitely a little surprising that Baylor is already 
back at number 12 and that we're talking about them to be in the um, Big 12 championship game when how many wins did they have two <laughs> years ago? Uh, None? One? Not many at all. What was it? Uh, was it one? Um, let's see. They were 1-11 in 2017 with uh, with their one win being over Kansas, 38-9. to But they lost. That team lost to Liberty lost to UTSA and then uh, then lost to Duke before losing nine out of their ten uh, Big 12 games, although uh, e- even that season, Baylor scored a lot on Oklahoma. Uh, that was a 49-41 to game, which, uh, let's see, was their second clo- closest that, uh, that game was at, That game was at Baylor, right? Uh, yes, that game was, that was, was in the Waco. One, that was the one where um, Baker Mayfield said, like, who's your daddy or something before the game i believe uh i i think so i have if if i'm not mistaken apparently my mind can't remember specific in-game plays but it can remember all of baker mayfield's antics game by game yeah that was uh another well that was a really big game by oklahoma's running backs trey sermon and abdul adams abdul adams had the 99 yard touchdown run uh there in that game and and Trey Sermon had uh, 148 yards two touchdowns Adams finished with 164 yards and a touchdown so uh big games from from those guys but um yeah and I I guess I probably shouldn't have written off Texas too much there uh when I'm talking about big 12 championship possible big 12 championship game opponents but they're gonna have to beat Kansas State and Baylor uh to to really have a shot to make that and I think that's going to be difficult given how many guys that they've have injured right now yeah definitely and i mean texas has definitely been looking a little bit shaky almost lost to kansas don't remember what happened to them last week but definitely definitely not the texas team people thought they were going to be going into the season they still have a chance like you're saying but not not where not as not the dominant Texas team people thought that we'd be seeing. Yeah, and let's let's jump into talking about uh, what we expect this weekend in college football. We talked about our OU picks earlier in the week, but uh, just to, to recap those, I went with OU thirty eight to twenty one in this one. You went with uh, the score that I'm seeing on here can't be right because you've got forty two to forty two. Uh, that OU. <laughs> oh, that is not what it should say. I hope we. I hope we didn't put it in print like that. I don't know. I'm gonna have to check that. But uh, I. I think you had OU winning by a similar margin. I think you had him winning by was it 42 28 maybe. Yeah, I did not have the score ending as a tie, so I don't think it can end in a tie. No, so. it. Uh, it can't unless we're going back about 20 25 years in college football. Yeah. So. That is not that. That's not right. I don't know what happened there. Um, a couple other interesting games this weekend in the Big Twelve: Texas Tech at West Virginia. I think most most people. Well, I say most people. I'm sitting here looking at it. You and I were the only ones to pick West Virginia to win that game. Uh, you picking them winning 38-35. I went with 32-28. I just think West Virginia is a tough place to play. Tech has has proven that they're a solid team, but I just think West Virginia, maybe it's a lightning-in-the-bottle type of day. Um, everybody else on our staff went with Texas Tech in that one. Uh, 
Um, I f- to me, see, I was really surprised by that. West Virginia, to me, seemed kind of like a no-brainer, especially with how close they just played Baylor. But I don't know. Any, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think West Virginia struggles offensively make it a little bit difficult to pick them at some points, but uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Another uh, another one, Baylor-TCU. I think all of us picked Baylor to win that game, some uh, some closer to uh, closer than others. Um, and then uh, Kansas State-Texas. Surprisingly, I think Scotty Wright was the only one who picked Texas to win that game. Go back, uh, go back three weeks and – and tell me that any that like our whole staff minus one person is going to pick Kansas State to beat Texas. I wouldn't <laughs> believe you. Also, now that I've said that I thought that West Virginia was a no-brainer to beat Texas Tech, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. So, yeah, but uh, that's what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope it's not just because I need all the help I can get on the picks. It has been a really rough season uh for me i'm doing pretty all right i think i not bad i'm I'm, you're 22 and 18 of course you know you just got the couple weeks in uh so far but uh i think you've i'm even against um you're even against the spread which is by far the best record yep because we're uh all just horrifically awful i think the second best record and again, Abby's only been doing this for a couple of weeks, but Barry Trammell, 93 and 105. So it's been a rough season. I've had some years where I've been really good and almost run away with the thing and some years where things have just been putrid. And, and this is a year when things have just been putrid. Well, this week, I think I, I don't, and I don't remember what they were, but I think I picked against everyone a couple times. So, or at least everyone who had put their picks in by the time I put mine in. Yeah, like I said, me and you were the only ones to pick West Virginia over Texas Tech. Um, I can look really quick. Um, While you look, now, I will just say uh, my 20 you, and 20 record. You and Jenny Carlson were the only people to pick South Carolina to beat Appalachian State. That um, doesn't... That f- you picked Appalachian State? Yeah. I mean, okay. outside of the Georgia game, have you watched South Carolina this year? Like for a few minutes. <laughs> so, uh, and Appalachian State had been really good until they lost uh, last week. And then uh, let's see if there's any others where you went out on the ultimate limb. Nobody picked Minnesota to beat Penn State. Um, I, I wanted to. I like P.J. Flex charisma, but it, Penn State just – they feel they feel too strong you were the only one or uh, you and scotty wright were the only ones to pick lsu uh, to beat alabama i did do that yes in that game i think uh let's see barry had alabama covering i think all of us the rest of us had lsu at least covering so uh not a ton of ground to be made up there for you if that happens but uh a possibility and then you were the only you and scotty wright again we're the only ones to pick Kentucky uh, to beat Tennessee. And uh, I think that would be it as far as I think, uh, yeah, that going out of the right. limb. I was the only one to pick Cal to beat Washington State, which, you know, maybe. I don't like to pick against Mike Leach. 
Yeah, it's never good to pick against Mike Leach, but I, I think at some point Cal's going to recapture what was going well for them early in the season and maybe uh, steal a win, and I think maybe Saturday's the day. But we'll see what happens in college football. We'll be back after the game with uh, another post-game edition of it's the Sooners so Extra late. podcast. It it will be late, but that's what we do, Abby. We, uh, we stay up late to serve the listeners and readers. So it okay. – and. We'll talk about this afterwards, but it, game days used to be a whole lot later uh, for us when uh, when we wrap things up. So it won't be too bad, but thank you so much for listening to the Sooners Extra Podcast from the Oklahoma. And you can reach out to us uh, on Twitter. I'm at R-Y-A-B-E-R, or you can send me an email, R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com. Abby? I'm at Abby underscore Bitterman on Twitter and a bitter man at oklahoman.com. All right. And uh, you can check out our work every day at oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best Sooners coverage anywhere. The Sooners Extra podcast is presented each week by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand breaded chicken and fresh made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for joining us. You can check us out after the game with another edition of the Sooners Extra. Extra.